Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, patrons, congratulations, we made it. It's Friday. That's what I'm talking about. Let's get down. Welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Today, we're going to have some Friday fun with Bill Scott, sports director of the Wisconsin Radio Network at 630. Hey, Scott. Our good buddy Bags, Andy Baggett, from UWBadgers.com at 715. Tom Hardrecourt. From the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online at 7.30. And the voice of your Wisconsin Badgers. Touchdown, Wisconsin! Brava! Matt Lupe at 7.45. And now let's get this Friday thing going. Put those hands together for Rob Vogel. And better start booing now for Mike Lucas. Boy, oh boy, just listening to... Eddie in the lineup. Holy crap. We got the makings of a great show if you and me stay out of it. Just How can we do that? Up, we'll, yeah. let, we'll let General Ben just interview all these people. Goodness, goodness. A jammed, packed Friday. A fritter Friday, no Whoa. less. Though it comes with an asterisk. I oh, hate why? asterisks. Why? Well, you don't know what it is. Don't say you hate it. You well, might like just it. Just asterisks in general. They have PEDs in them? What's the, what's the deal? <laughs> because of a request from Brian Posick, oh, yes. only one fritter in that bag. In front of you, two cream-filled donuts. Oh, Ooh. yes. I, no, no, I, I take that back. One cream-filled, one jelly-filled. Oh. How's that? It's even greater balance. Do you like jelly-filled, Ben? Uh, I'll stick with the uh You got to take the, the Somebody's got to take the fritter. Cause I want the Posick wants uh, yeah, he filling. Re- yeah, he requested He's looking for filling, filling, so there you have it. I thought of that yesterday because <laughs> the place right, by, <laughs> place right by my office had great cream-filled donuts. I thought, boy, I could get him one of those. All right, you guys will have to fight arm wrestle over that. <laughs> Very weird. eclectic show, as you heard. We'll, we'll touch on, on so many different things. A little baseball, Tom Hodricourt, 730. Uh, I'm doing somersaults, figuratively, knowing that Garza's been pulled from the rotation. This doesn't mean he won't pitch again, okay? I understand that. I just didn't want to see that story butt out there anymore on a regular done. basis, right? Yeah, it had to be done. Zach Davies with a 16th win. Oh, my goodness. Is that going to be fun? We're going to try to squeeze in good, the bad, and the ugly as much as that hurts, no, as painful right. as that is. <laughs> we can uh, skip it. Today's yeah, talkable. I think that's going to hit the cut. We'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll, see. Right. we'll see. We'll see. We'll, well, what we're going to do is tweak that. We've got Hollywood represented today, 60-yard line. The 60-yard line. That's a movie, right? It's a documentary. What, yeah, it's what do a we movie. call it? It's a movie based on a true story. All right. But some guys and taking their Packer fandom uh, maybe a bit too yeah, far. Yeah, buying a house outside of Lambeau and, and right. then putting the house and the Packers ahead of the girl. Right. Who the, would ever you, do that in Green Bay or in Wisconsin anywhere? So we'll, Never. we'll <laughs> visit with uh, the screenwriter. Is that Ryan Churchill to, from Beloit. From Beloit, Wisconsin. Ooh, Two people Beloit. made it out and made it to the big time from Beloit. Or at least one he did. I can't think who the other one is, but <laughs> no, Ryan said, is one of them. At least Ryan one and Nick did. Greco, yeah. All right, so at 645, we'll talk to him. Bill Scott will talk about the Packers and their cuts. Who, who are they going to cut? 630 for Bill Scott. Last night, we wet, wet our appetite for college football. So... 
let's get a highlight because there weren't many for Ohio State, especially in the first half, but they broke open the game in the second half. Barrett going to pass. Back to throw. Left side. Tossed it up. Harris Campbell to his own 35. 40. Campbell. 45. 50. Down a left side line to Indiana's 30. 20-yard line. Campbell 10. And he takes it to the house for an Ohio State touchdown. Paris Campbell. And Ohio State is taking a 26-21 lead. Paul Keels with the call. Buckeyes looked terrible in the first half against Indiana. Conversely, Indiana looked really good. They couldn't hold on. Couldn't sustain. Kind of Why do that. they always struggle against Indiana? I don't know. I, I I'm not quite sure. Indiana has. You're right, though. Indiana's matched up well yeah. against them. And last night, Lego threw the ball 65 times. That was a school record. He completed 40. Uh, they just got away from even thinking about running the ball. And that we saw maybe the maybe the the, the dawning or the birth of a star uh, last night. His name is uh, J.K. Dobbins, a freshman running back, 29 carries, 181 yards. He broke Ohio State school record for a debut. Uh, Set by Maurice Claret in yeah. 2002. One game his senior year of high school, and then he got hurt. What was, was weird about it, though, in the past, when Indiana has you know at least given a game to Ohio State, it's been a shootout. Right. Where Indiana's just gone up and down the field and right. scored a bunch of points on the Buckeyes. This, it was 14-13 at the half. Yeah. And you're like, they're doing it with defense? How's right. Indiana doing right. that? And they still bounced back after falling behind in the third quarter, had a 21-20 lead. That's when I fell asleep. Thankfully, I was recording the game, so when I woke up later, I because I woke up and saw the final score, I'm like, what happened? Where, where did that all go? Totally quickly? different team in the second half. Well, two different teams in the second half, but the, the all-powerful Buckeyes took charge. Tried to watch Buffalo, Minnesota. Man, was that, rough. Was, that was hard on the eyes. That was an eyesore. Pulling for Lance Leipold. I know you were pulling for your guy, P.J. P. Fleck. <laughs> your boy. Not. Sure. Roll the what boat, Rob. What did P.J. have to say? Yeah, roll, 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 roll your boat. What are you talking about? What do you have to say afterwards? Uh, feels elite. Really does. You know, a win is a win. Oh. We didn't play particularly well. Wait for but it. But I'm very proud of our defense, their, their resilience uh, to continue to come up with plays. I thought we moved the ball well on offense at times, just kicked ourselves in the foot. So uh, we got a lot to work on, a lot to work on. But this is the first right step. I'm proud that they were able to find a way to come out with a victory. What do you say about kicking himself in the Kick foot? Kick yourself in the foot. That I'm must sorry. be a piece of coach speak that, that we don't exactly. know of. He got yeah. a lead in there. He worked a lead in there. I don't know if you... you, you <laughs> of course I don't, he did. Every time. That's why I say it, to make fun of it. <laughs> the, the, the moment that I happened to be watching, there were a, a number of moments. Uh, Lance Leipold's team scored Buffalo. They're horrible offensively. The wide receiver, after catching the pass in the end zone, very subtly... Did a little rowing motion. <laughs> he did. He did. Now, did he, he didn't do nice. it long, but nice. I swear to God, a little <laughs> rowing motion. Right? Yeah. Little handles on the oars, yep. just rowing motion. I didn't you know this. Chuck Cecil, the PJ Flag. Oh, I loved doing. it. I didn't know this at first, but uh, PJ becomes the first Gophers coach to oh, win yeah. his debut since John Gutekunst back in the mid '80s. For heaven's sake, who took over for Lou Holtz? Well, it tells you a lot about that Minnesota program, doesn't it? That's well, and usually the first game of the year. We've talked about it in the past. How you set up a cupcake for your opener? <laughs> you think somewhere in there a Gopher coach has won his debut, but not the case. Here's your early list. List? Did you say list? All right, so Gutekunst. Not yet. Oh, Gutekunst beat Bowling Green 1986. Jim Wacker, Glenn Mason, Tim Brewster, Jeff Horton, interim coach Jerry Keel, Tracy Clays all lost their first game for Minnesota, which now gets you right where we need to be. Uh, this is a game day. Believe it or not, this is a Friday in Madison, Touchdown, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. But it's a game day, and thanks to Gentle Ben, we're going to get into the right spirit and the mood. Play it, Ben. Coons the fullback, Dane the tailback. Any carry now could be for the record. Bollinger under his center. Casey Robach takes, 
Gives it to Dane, straight ahead. Dane across the 20. He's to the 25. Cuts right. Dane to the 30. 35. Dane across the 40. Dane across the 45-yard line. And there it is. Ron Dane has become the NCAA's all-time career-rushing leader. The man of few words has rushed for more yards than anyone in Division I history. And he showed all of his skills on that one run. UCLA jumping around, trying to get a play. Samuel takes the snap and the knee. Game clock at 17. That's going to do it. The Wisconsin Badgers win in nine-point underdogs. They will leave Pasadena a seven-point winner as the Badgers pour onto the field. They are Rose Bowl champions again. 25 and counting. The Wisconsin Badgers about to make Big Ten history by being the first team from this conference to win the Rose Bowl game in consecutive years. If you're wondering, no team has ever won it three straight times. But the Badger players now helmets up in the air. They come onto the field seven seconds and counting. The Wisconsin Badgers will finish 10 and two, and they will finish as back-to-back Rose Bowl champions. It's over. The Badgers have beaten the Stanford Cardinal 17 to nine. The first time in 13 years, a top-ranked team comes to town. Kick is in the air. Gil Reith will have an opportunity. He'll catch at the three. Between the hash marks, 10. Slicing left, 15. Across the 20. 25-30. Gil Reith to the 40. He's to the 50. Foot race to the house. At the 30. At the 20. 10. 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. Second and 10 from the Nebraska 26-yard line. Here comes Belvin to the 25, to the 20, Martin 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Wisconsin, record-breaking run, Melvin Gordon, 4-0-8. Watt and Ball are offset. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Center Travis Frederick takes the snap. Toss right side. Monte Ball to the 20, to the 15. Ball to the 10. Ball to 5. Ball to the end zone. Touchdown, Wisconsin. The NCAA touchdown record belongs to Ball. Great job, Ben, putting that together. We'll play that again at the top of the hour. Mike Mankey. Just tweeted me goosebumps. Yeah, I think if you're a Badger fan, you can relate to maybe having been at any one of those events. And now the start of a new season. Dawning of a new season! We'll talk plenty Badger football here this morning. 7.15, Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com joins us. And at 7.45, you'll hear from the man who helped make those moments special. Matt LaPay, the voice of the Badgers, 7.45. And we come back. We'll get a little good, bad, and the ugly from baseball, especially the good with the Brewers. That's next on Lucas in the Morning.
Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with uh, Vogel and Gentle Ben. We're going to collaborate here a little bit on makeshift good, the bad, the ugly. The good is obviously what the Brewers did last night, in particular Zach Davies. Davies now 16-7 and seven on the year, so he's tied with Zach Greinke for the most wins in baseball, all right, in baseball. Uh, Kershaw, who's been injured, is 15-2. and two. Sale, Chris Sale is 15-6. and six. Arietta 14 and 8. They're like seven guys with 14 wins. Your guy, Berrios in Minnesota, is 12 and 6. But Zach Davies is 16 and 7. VR now looks like he's coming out of his season long, you know, funk. Uh, perfect timing. So that, that's really good. You got something good or you, better? It's because you were slamming VR. You wanted him traded and shipped out, and now he's coming on after going three for five yesterday. How about good? We now know that J.J. Uh, Watt, we've been talking day after day about the money That's that he's great. been raising, which is awesome. Where is he at now? Uh, over $16 million, I believe was what I saw last million by. Now? Isn't that what I just said? 13. I, I think you said, said 13. 13. 13. But right, it could so be 16 by the time we're done. Let's go over 16 by the time we're done. It keeps going up a million each day. You donated $3 million, didn't I you? I just right donated now. 3 <laughs> Good thing I had Luke's credit card that made that donation. Uh, pro golfer Stacy Lewis. She's an Ohio native, but she's lived in Houston since she was 11. She's pledged to donate all her winnings from this week's event, this weekend's event, uh, to Houston Relief. Uh, she's saying, it's been so hard being away from home and my family last week. It's been harder watching all the pictures and seeing what everything's going through. So 100% of her winnings this week from the Portland Classic will go to victims of oh, that's Hurricane Harvey. That's, that's so, great. That, that uh, borders on great along with JJ as far as a bad entry. Uh, this is like surprisingly bad the Dodgers have been, how bad they have been. They've lost five straight now. All right, so we were saying, okay, they lose a few. They've lost five games in a row. Uh, Diamondbacks swept them. Keep in mind, they might have to play mm-hmm. Arizona. The Arizona's 8-8 eight eight this year against Los Angeles and has outscored the Dodgers 80-64. to Granke, the winner, last night goes from it with a couple of RBAs. He's up to 109. So that's pretty bad. The, the Dodgers right now are playing bad baseball. What do you got? How about bad? The uh, NBA fined the Lakers $500,000 for tampering uh, with Paul George, even after Magic Johnson had made those statements on the Jimmy Kimmel Show and the league warned the Lakers of not doing it. Uh, your guy, Rob Palenka, the uh, GM, supposedly made contact with George's agent. He looks when like he's told Lowe, not to. whatchamacallit. The, the actor. Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. He does, he looks like spitting him. image, right? The double. <laughs> yeah, I can yes. see that. I guess he does, All right, yeah. so a little ugly here for you. This is always ugly. LeVar Ball. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, his 16-year-old son is a high school junior, LaMelo, and now he's come out with his signature shoe. And there's some question whether uh, the NC2A won't step in and say, no, you're ineligible to play collegiately because of this, if you're going to make money off a shoe. And his old man's response was, uh, we'll worry about it when we get there. Who cares? If he can't play, then he can't play. <laughs> Who cares? That? Who cares? He says, yeah, by then maybe they'll change the rules and he can go right from high school to the NBA. I had that one. This guy, this guy too, right? Yeah. This guy is a complete joke. Yeah, it's complete joke. The other one other ugly entry last night, uh, Edward, Eduardo Nunez bunted in the first end inning against CC Sabathia. Sabathia went off on him after the game. Sabathia is coming off a stint of on the DL where he had inflammation in his knee, and he thinks it's against the rules in baseball to bunt on someone with a bad knee. How's I that? Saw, I huh? saw that. Did you what? see that? Did you see the quote? On, oh, they just took what the quote was it? down. It was something about if you tell him to stay away from the chicken and the um, uh, donuts, oh. maybe he can feel the oh. ground ball back. Oh, I'm going to find the exact quote. I'm going to find the exact Did you quote. see the best moment of the, that game last night? Because I thought of you two, and we, we needed a Sterling call for this. Unfortunately, your guy, the judge, didn't do anything. Did you see who was in the crowd at the Yankee game no. last night? 
U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. She's a Brooklyn, New York native and big Yankees fan. She was out in the judges' chambers out in the crowd wearing a judges' oh, robe really? that had a Yankees logo on it and cheering for Aaron Judge with every pitch. So MLB Network was airing the game, and they kept cutting I her. I want to see how Aaron Judge handled being benched. They had to sit him down. I mean, he's, he's been so bad during the second half of the season. They finally sat him down for, I think, three days. Yeah. I mean, look, he's had a terrific rookie season, but he but he's mired in this deep slump where he's not the same player. He, I, I'd wonder now, and I, it's an easy, easy pylon, you know, hitting all those home runs in that all-star exhibition contest. I wonder if that didn't help just push him over the edge a little bit with his swing. Well, I was watching a little broadcast last night with Bob Costas and Jim Cotton. One, they were showing video of him pregame where he was working, going going back to basics, working on hitting the ball to right field, staying through the pitch longer, and saying that he'd gotten out of that uh, a little bit because of his home run swing. And because he talked about so much launch angle and doing those things, that that had gotten up. Plus, other teams were pitching him differently. They were going um, down and away and high and in. So, by the way, one bit of ugly, your guy Pete Rose, reportedly out at Fox Sports after the sexual misconduct well, allegations. Well, here's, here's potential ugly. How about Michael Vick? Being hired by Fox yeah. to be an analyst. Do you like that? Are you okay with that? I don't really watch the, the games my problem. for the analysts. I don't even watch the pregame shows that he, much anymore. He's despicable to me for what he did, but he paid that price, okay? Right. He went to jail. Yes. I just think he sucks as an analyst. I think he's going to suck as an analyst. I have never heard one interview with Michael Vick where I said, oh, that's that's profound. Well, we'll see if he puts in the effort that Jay Cutler said that he did getting ready before going back like to the zero. Dolphins. Zero. Then it won't be good. Randy Moss has surprised some people, though. He's been good. Yeah, I like Randy Moss. People didn't think anything Randy, but he came in there and it was pretty good. This could be good or bad. This will be the final thing we'll get out of the second. Good or bad, depending on your perspective. Uh, the Astros get Justin Verlander for, like, I think, three prospects. Mm -hmm. The Angels, who still think they're in the wild card, pick up Brandon Phillips and Justin Upton. And last but not least, and this is the least, the Cubs won last night. Kyle Hendricks is pitching well now. Hate to see that. But Chris Bryant hit uh, another home run. So he's had 25 or more home runs in each of his first three seasons. That's pretty impressive. That's a franchise record, Chris Bryant. All right, so the Cubs, 73 and 60. The Brewers, 70 and 64, three and a half back. Closer in the wild card yet to Colorado. I still think that's the path to the playoffs. Get past the Rockies, yeah. One way, one way or another, they got to find a way to get there. They need some help now. They need some help besides their own winning ways. All right, so we're going to talk uh, Badgers home opener, season opener. With Andy Baggett at 7.15, Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers, 7.45. We'll talk a little bit about the Brewers uh, and how they're playing with Washington in town for the weekend with Tom Hodrick from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel at 7.30. Uh, we have a little film preview for you, 60-yard line. 60-yard line, we have a uh, screenwriter. Ryan Churchill, yeah. Ryan Churchill with us in about 15 minutes. When we come back, we'll dissect that Packers roster. Cut down day, coming up. Bill Scott, also coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Decline the penalty, third down and 12. They get around Murphy, then he re-engages. Here comes Hunley. He had a running touchdown last week, and Denver, he gets him again! Touchdown! Brett Hunley, 11 of 21 for 99 yards. 
played in the first half last night's Packers beat the Rams for the preseason only 48 to 76, 63 percent, 482 yards. Our green and gold insider Bill Scott is brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison. Bill, sports director, Wisconsin Radio Network, joins us every Monday and Friday. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Not Great. bad. Um, Hunley has been impressive. Would you agree? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After last preseason where we didn't really get a chance to see him, uh, it looks like given a little more time, a little more development, maturing, he could play in this league. Yeah, I, I think so. I, you know, I don't think his, uh, his numbers have been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think given the fact that he's, you know, very, not very much of that time is spent with the ones, you know, so you've got an offensive line that doesn't block very well, you've got this going on, you've got penalties, you've got that going on. I, I, I thought he, he did a good job of running the show, and, uh, it, it, you know, and, and then his ability to scramble and, and score and, and, and do things like that. So I, I, it, was, it was a good preseason for him, and now he's going you know, to go to the bench and sit and wait for what Packer fans hope don't happen, and that would be an injury. Geronimo Allison had some uh, spectacular plays that didn't count yesterday and then left the game with a, a possible concussion. Uh, injury updates, I know those usually have to wait days to get any sort of information on all that, but how different a player is he uh, this year at camp to maybe what he was a, a year ago and where he fits in with his team? Well, last year he was a rookie and you know, it, and getting his first taste of the NFL, so you know, he, he really didn't come on the scene until, in fact, he'd you know, he started the year, I believe, on the practice squad last year, and then and then was activated. Uh, you know, five or six weeks in, and and then you know started to come on later in the season. So, you know, as he grew last year and got more opportunities and became more acquainted or accustomed to the NFL, uh, you know, he he just got better all the way along. He's he's got a good NFL body, and uh, and he's had really a, a really nice preseason. He played excellent last night, and. Uh, and, and from what I hear, I, I think it's been reported by uh, Rob Demosky of ESPN.com that he did have a concussion, so that the, the Packer, at least he's reporting that. So. And so he sits out the first game of the regular season uh, as well because of the suspension. Sure. So let's take a look at the, at the roster. Packers have to get down to 53 by 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, we just mentioned Brett Hundley. Will the Packers put one or two of those quarterbacks on the practice squad? I would think only one, and who would that be, Taysom Hill or Joe Callahan? I've got to believe it's Taysom Hill. I mean, I think he uh, he, he basically pushed past Callahan. Callahan didn't have a, a, a great training camp, certainly not a very good preseason uh, in limited opportunities. Um, but I think he'll push past him, and if the Packers are going to put one of those guys on the practice squad, which I anticipate they would, that Hill, in, in my opinion, definitely should be the guy. So maybe it won't be to the extent of uh, all of a sudden Josh Sitton being sent packing like last year, but is there a, a guy that you maybe think could be the surprise cut or is sitting on the fence that might be in that situation as they make those final cuts to get the roster down? Um, you know, I don't really see any big surprises. Um, you know, I think the roster is going to kind of play out the way we thought it would. Um, I, I think they will keep all three of those rookie running backs. I think, the, I think you'll see them keep five running backs. 
Uh, so all three rookies, and then um, you know obviously Montgomery and, and one fullback. Uh, I think uh, you know Joe Carriage is, is a is a fullback that can play in this league, but the numbers just it, you know it's a dying fullback's a dying breed, and you're not going to keep more than one of them on your roster, and he just loses out in that in that numbers battle. You know, I, I, Darius Gunter might have been that guy two weeks ago, and and the Joe Witt put him in the in the slot, and he has flourished in in that opportunity. I thought he had a great game last night, so I think he's off that bubble and, and is on this team. And you know, um, I think Justin Vogel was was a poor performance away from maybe bringing somebody in to to compete for the job in 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 camp this week or in practice this this next week, but. He appears to have solidified that job, at least for the time being, with his performance last night as well. Yeah, he was good last night. Six punts, 46.5 average, 4.83 hang time, uh, his best 55 yards. Uh, one player that I've kind of enjoyed watching is Max McCaffrey. Does he go on the practice squad? Um, you know what? The, I, I think uh, initially it's going to be interesting. I mean, he may start there. Um, I, I think both of those those rookie because Allison obviously they'll they'll get the one week reprieve so somebody's going to make that roster uh, coming out of camp but I've got to believe the uh, I've got to believe the draft picks um, are are going to win those practice squads so you only have ten spots so how many receivers are you going to put on there right no I understand you no. know so I, I, my guess is that 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 they're going to cut bait with McCaffrey even though he really had a nice camp and he's a pretty solid player but I think they've got. Obviously, draft picks invested in, uh, in in both Yancey and Dupree, and 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 I think that uh, those guys probably are ahead in that direction. Can either one of you, and this is a question for both, believe that Ted Thompson during this off season has gone about filling out his roster in areas of need with players that he didn't draft? So you got Ahmad Brooks, you got Evans, you got Bennett and Kendricks. Bill, it's unprecedented. Well, it is, um, but I think it goes to show you that uh, you know even Ted, he knows he's getting older and isn't probably going to be around very much longer, and and he wants to win a Super Bowl, and and to do that, um, you know, I, I'll I'll give him this I'll give him this credit though. His his philosophy is you know we all know what it is, and that's to draft and develop young players. But if you draft players and they don't develop in the, the short period of time that they're allowed to do so during the off season, and then you know, and then and then training camp. If you don't feel they're ready to go, and you have a position of weakness on your football team, you better take care of it. And Ted, more so this year than ever before, has uh, has not buried his head in the sand. He's gone out and fixed the problem. And at least we anticipate with uh, Ahmad Brooks that that problem is is at least somewhat fixed. So, you know, kudos to him for. Uh, for, for taking making that move. I really look forward to hearing Ted's reaction to those questions asked about that after the final cutdowns. Oh, wait, that's right. He doesn't talk after uh, final <laughs> cutdowns. I forgot about that, that he doesn't make himself available that way. That's probably one of the only GMs or certainly one of the few GMs in the league that does that because usually that's their time to shine to talk about the roster for one last time, isn't it, Bill? You know what? I'll be honest with you, though, Rob. I, I mean, I've sat through more Ted Thompson press conferences than I care to even admit to. <laughs> okay. And if you've heard one, you've heard them all. Um, he he just doesn't comment on anything. So you know they tried to get him to comment on basically the premise of that uh, of that scenario uh, in his last press conference, and he wouldn't go there. He just, he just wouldn't do it. Sure. So I I don't. Uh, you, you know what? You 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 could record a Ted Thompson press conference um, tomorrow, and then a year from now you could play that same press conference. And you probably could get away with it. You'd, you'd fool the, 
you fool a large percentage of the people that are listening, including reporters, sure. because it's the same old, same old with Ted. One final thought. Give me an all-encompassing statement from your standpoint on what you saw during this preseason from the Green Bay Packers. Well, I, obviously their goal was to go out and, uh, and, and, and get Brett Hundley more opportunities so that if something happens to Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, they would do that. I think they needed to fix their secondary, and I think they did that with, uh, with drafting Kevin King. I think the, uh, the guys that were injured last year, Randall and Rollins, are both healthy now. Uh, so I think you're going to see a much, more, uh, a much more able defensive backfield. I'm not so sure, uh, even though they got Ahmad Brooks, I'm not sold yet on the pass rush. So that that was an area of concern, and I think it's still an area of concern right now. Bill, we will not talk on Monday because of the holiday, but we'll talk again a week from today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, look forward to it, guys. Thanks, Bill. Bill Scott, uh, our Green and Gold Insider. Bill is brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison. We're going to segue right into Hollywood meets <laughs> Green Bay. Hollywood intersects with Green Bay. What There's happens one when, thing this showed as well. It's yeah, Hollywood. we do. We're, we're yes, very, we very much glitter. into it, especially Rob, <laughs> two Bs. Uh, what happens when boy meets girl and boy can't think about anything else but the Green Bay Packers? That's coming up next. 60-yard line. That's the movie. We'll give you a little taste of it on Lucas in the Morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. How well do we do Hollywood on this show? Don't answer. How well does Hollywood do Ashwabanon? We might get that answer. Joining us now, the co-writer, co-producer of the romantic comedy, The 60-Yard Line, in addition, fellow Beloiter, Ryan Churchill. Good morning, Ryan. How you doing? Good morning, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Um, hopefully you're cell phone picks up there a little bit or we're going to have some problems. Well, let, let's let's follow through and see what happens. Uh, genesis for the movie. Give us a little background. Based on actual events and uh, I'm actually in the house that it's based on right now, the 60-yard line here in Green Bay, and a couple group of friends of mine bought a house next to Lambeau Field and I wrote a movie about it. Yeah, it's one thing to have an idea, Ryan, for something like that, especially for a Packer fan. Uh, who who has an interest in something like this? How difficult is it to get a project like this made from a money standpoint, from a story standpoint, and see it to come all the way to fruition and now be up on the screen uh, as it gets ready to be released in theaters? Well, as a whole, it's extremely difficult when you're out working outside of the studio and you don't have any money. You're just raising the money on your own. It's very difficult. Luckily, uh, having the Packers backdrop and having so many supportive fans that you know donated Indiegogo, we got a lot of stuff uh, during production given to us in kind, so it made it a lot easier. But yes, to get it going is next to impossible. So what really got you to think that this would work? Uh, that someone buying a house outside of Lambeau Field uh, meets a girl, uh, then we get in more involved in the storyline. There had to be some hook there for you. What was it? Really, for me, it was the first time I ever came here. Uh, you know, as any of us know that have been to Lambeau, you drive through a neighborhood and then suddenly there's a giant, historical, well-renowned, world-renowned football stadium pops up out of the middle of the neighborhood. So. I had just moved to Los Angeles as an actor, writer, uh, when I came here uh, back to visit. And as soon as I drove up, I said, you know, hey, this is, wow, this is a movie right here. 
How helpful, how on board were the Packers, the NFL, uh, with this project? Because obviously a huge part of this storyline is not only just Lambeau Field, but the Packers team, the whole organization. How on board was everybody with this? Yeah, the good thing is they, they were great. We, we would dealt with them all along, and uh, they it's, it's odd because we say this movie is about the Packers, and it's not really. It just happens to be set here in Green Bay. Uh, the, the people in the movie are fans of the Packers. It's more about the fans of the Green Bay Packers. So the only thing we really would have needed the Packers to help with is if we needed to shoot in Lambeau or, or anything like that. And we didn't do that. We didn't need to do that because it is just, you know, we use this setting just outside Lambeau. Um, but, uh, you know, they were great and, and uh, everything everything worked out. Well, every movie needs a villain and who better... Uh, to portray that role in a Bears fan, or at least that's the role he plays in the movie. Nick Greco, tell us about his role. Well, he's on the line here with us, so he can tell you about it himself. All right, let's hear from <laughs> Nick, the Bears fan. Hey, guys, I was, I was just listening in like I was on the FBI. All right. <laughs> You're not under witness protection, are you, Nick? No, not yet, no. All right. So yeah, you, yeah, you're Chicago, out. you know? <laughs> All right, give us, a, give us a little insight. What, did you do some research? Did you talk to some Bears fans? How would you handle it? Well, I talked to myself because I am an actual oh, Bears fan. Uh-oh. Bears. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll start to spring that on you guys. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, it didn't wasn't a stretch for me to play that role. Well, Nick, let me ask you. This film has some uh, some cameos in it by some former Packers players like Mark Tauscher, who we all know here uh, very well. John Kuhn, Amon Green. Uh, how was it working with them? And go ahead, feel free to spill some dirt here. Which one of those was the worst hacks when it came to trying to be an actor? Which one didn't have the chops? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm not going to name names. But, uh, you know, he had a great beard. Um, no, I'm not. Coon. You don't have to go there. You can go, Coon. No. no. <laughs> That's all right. They were great guys. Um, it was it was a lot of fun working with them. Um they showed up and just knocked it out of the park. They're very natural. You're going to love their cameos, even if you're not a uh, Packers fan. All right, Nick, tell us why we would like watching this. We're, up, we're an outsider. Tell us why we should pay some money to watch the 60-yard line. Well, I think everyone can relate uh, to being a sports fan, or they should. Um, so I think, you know, once you love your team, you, uh, you make some sacrifices in your life, and... This one just happens to be about relationships and being a super fan and how you deal with that. So I think uh, it's very relatable for any sports fan. All right, before I let you uh, put Ryan back on, Trubisky or Glennon? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Which? Why, you know, why not give Trubisky a shot? Okay. There we go. The Bears, yeah. What do the Bears well, have to lose, yeah, right? Season, right? <laughs> right. What do the Bears Let's have to lose? Seat. Yeah, I yeah. compare that to Matt Flynn in Seattle, and then all of a sudden they drafted Russell Wilson. They exactly. went with w- Wilson, right? Yeah, you got so we're just talking about that, yeah. For, okay. for either or both of you, uh, this story obviously then is about a, a fan taking his fandom maybe too far, certainly hurting his relationship. Any of us, though, who are fans of a sporting team, whether it was kids growing up or now as adults, have all done things that have been borderline crazy, maybe not to this extreme. For you guys... What's the uh, the craziest, strangest, or the biggest thing you've done that's gone uh, to show your fandom that might have been maybe a poor choice? Let's put it that way. 
Well, I tell you, I look at the dent in my very, very expensive Viking uh, stainless steel refrigerator in my kitchen every morning when I wake up after the Packers lost to uh, Seattle, I believe it was, a couple years ago in the playoffs. So, yeah, go ahead and ruin your, you know, ruining a $10,000 refrigerator. <laughs> not good, not good. Angry. That's, that's going a little bit too far. Well, look, I mean, we, yeah, I had a similar one in college when uh, the Cubs uh, failed to go to the World Series in 2003, so ruined my whole college dorm room. Oh, no. So you're a Cubs oh, fan, no. too? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good Well, at least Lord. that pain's over for him. Now they got their World that, Series oh, title. God. I'm set for I'm set for many years with the Cubs. Yeah, it makes me happy because I don't have to watch him cry anymore. <laughs> nice. Good nice. for you. Hey, well, look. I still we, cry. We appreciate both of you jumping aboard. Uh, good luck with, with the movie. Thanks for your comments, okay? Yeah, Thank thanks, you guys. guys. And we'll, we'll be at the Badger game tonight, so maybe we'll see you there. Okay. Yeah, sounds great. The premiere is the 6th, and then the movie release at Marcus Theaters. Thank you, Ryan Churchill. Yep. Thank you, Nick Greco. The movie is the 60-yard line. Second hour of the show, we will be talking about the Badgers with Andy Baggett, uwbadgers.com at 7.15. And the voice of the Badgers, Matt LaFay, joins us 7.45 right here on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You saw it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. Let's go right to Archie Bell and Drills, 73. He's still living, too. I had to check that. Archie Bell, man, this is one of the greatest songs ever, ever. Do you get the feeling that he, he says that every time a song from the 60s Tied comes up. on? Is this 60s or it's 70s? Game, game day. Tight up. Oh. High and tight. This is for all those tailbacks. High and tight. Tighten up. I'm what, lost. What is this? I'm I am lost. so lost with this song, and you called it one of the greatest ever. It's just ridiculous. He said it's game day, so I'll give him one yeah. of these. Never give mind. Him a pass. On Wisconsin. There we go. Thank you. Well, we need more than just an on Wisconsin. We need some scoring power here. Come on. Scoring power. Touchdown, Wisconsin. Yeah, man. All right. Rocky Marciano would have been 94 today. And the only reason I bring him up is his birthday, or would have been his birthday. Floyd Mayweather, does he get credit for beating Conor McGregor? Did he if, tie yeah, him or beat him Well, now. they He's were 49 0. Both were 49 0 before whatever you want to call that match last week. That was weekend. a sanctioned does that boxing count? match. It was sanctioned. Does that count? It does, yes. He's Why not? Yeah, you you want to go through the list of the guys that Rocky Marciano fought? I mean, oh, I don't know. Who gonna, they, I, tomato saying, cans? I'm, I suppose I'm they're all sure tomato they're, cans. I'm just saying, I don't know who they all are. We could go down the I'm list. guessing I'm the MMA didn't have him. a whole lot going for him back then. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not trying huh? to disparage either fighter. Let's list all the MMA. The was made out of chicken wire. List all the UFC fighters that he took on in the boxing ring. Go ahead. I'm not going to list anything. Yeah, I didn't think I so. I saved the list for you at 7 o'clock. Thank you very much. PG's Barry Gibb. He's still living, too, believe it He's or not. He's the only one left. 71 today. I just saw him at Wimbledon. He's sitting in, like, the front row all the How time. How do you look, Rob? Good? Of course he had the style and flow going. <laughs> His hair is still, like, the 70s. All right. He's put on a few pounds, but haven't we all? Of these, <laughs> I'm going to give you two fills, one a fill and one a fill up. Who's the biggest boor? Okay. Right. Uh, Dr. Phil, who's 67 today, or Philip Fulmer? Who's also 67 today? The oh, bigger wow. boar. They're the same age. I wouldn't guess that. Oh, uh, boar. Well, then you got to go Fulmer. I mean, Dr. Phil's at least a little boar. interesting. Yeah. Boorish. I would think if, if Dr. Phil is more 
boorish than boring. Okay? He really stirs hey, it up Fulmer a little bit. Fulmer won a national championship at Tennessee after Peyton Manning left. He was, his record was 152-52 and 52 at Tennessee. Now, this is your note on Dr. Phil McGraw. Uh, played fullback. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Or a linebacker, rather, at Tulsa. Yeah. Um, they lost when he played there. They lost to Houston in 1968, 100 to six. Wow, must have been a heck of a linebacker. Sounds like it. All right, this song, by the way, way better than that first song. No, it wasn't. And he called that first song the best. ever. Oh, wait till we get to this Bee next Gees song. Is so much All right. better. Gloria Estevan. You believe she's 60 today? 60? Yeah, I think I did the math right. Wow, does that sound wrong? No, well, I just surprising. You want to double check it? No, I trust you. All right, the microwave, one of the great Ooh. nicknames of all time, Vinnie Johnson, 61. Those great Detroit Piston teams, back-to-back champions. Oh, yeah, they retired his number. How many times guys come off the bench, get their number or jersey retired by the Pistons? He did. Second hour of the show, we'll talk a lot of Badger football. Andy Baggett, 715. Matt LePay, 745. Tom Hondercourt will talk Brewers with us at 730 when we come back. Uncle Lukey's list. And a little tribute to game day. No college game day here tonight, no. but game day nonetheless for the Badgers. That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. Patrons, congratulations, we made it. It's Friday. That's what I'm talking about. Let's get down. Welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Today we're going to have some Friday fun with our good buddy Bags, Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com at 715. Tom Hardrecourt from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online at 730. And The Voice. Of your Wisconsin Badgers. Touchdown, Wisconsin! Brava! Matt LuPay at 745. And now let's get this Friday thing going. Put those hands together for Rob Vogel. And better start booing now for Mike Lucas. Without further ado, let's get you in the mood for tonight's kickoff. 8 o'clock kickoff. Wisconsin opens up the season against Utah State. A little flashback here thanks to Gentle Ben. Coons the fullback, Dane the tailback. Any carry now could be for the record. Bollinger under his center, Casey Robach takes, gives it to Dane, straight ahead. Dane across the 20, he's to the 25, cuts right, Dane to the 30, 35, Dane across the 40, Dane across the 45-yard line, and there it is, Ron Dane become the NCAA's all-time career-rushing leader. The man of few words has rushed for more yards than anyone in Division I history. And he showed all of his skills on that one run. UCLA jumping around, trying to get a play. Samuel takes the snap and the knee. Game clock at 17. 
That's going to do it. The Wisconsin Badgers win in nine-point underdogs. They will leave Pasadena a seven-point winner as the Badgers pour onto the field. They are Rose Bowl champions again. 25 and counting. The Wisconsin Badgers about to make Big Ten history by being the first team from this conference to win the Rose Bowl game in consecutive years. If you're wondering, no team has ever won it three straight times. But the Badger players now helmets up in the air. They come onto the field seven seconds and counting. The Wisconsin Badgers will finish 10 and two, and they will finish as back-to-back Rose Bowl champions. It's over. The Badgers have beaten the Stanford Cardinal 17 to nine. The first time in 13 years, a top-ranked team comes to town. Kick is in the air. Gil Reith will have an opportunity. He'll catch at the three. Between the hash marks, 10. Slicing left, 15. Across the 20. 25-30. Gil Reith to the 40. He's to the 50. Foot race to the house. At the 30. At the 20. 10. 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. Second and 10 from the Nebraska 26-yard line. Here comes Belva to the 25, to the 20. Martin, 15. 10. 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin! Record-breaking run, Melvin Gordon, 4-0-8! Watt and Ball are offset. Pedersen motions to the right. Phillips under his center, Travis Frederick. Takes the snap, toss right side. Monte Ball to the 20, to the 15. Ball the 10, ball the 5. Ball to the end zone. Touchdown, Wisconsin! The NCAA touchdown record belongs to Ball! Thank you very much, General Ben, for putting that together. I'm sure there were a list of other highlights you could have put together. Did you say for us a list of things, highlights, moments? He's got a list, and he's checking it twice. It's time for Uncle Lukey's list. Here's Uncle Listy. Uh, I mean, no, Uncle Lukey. Uh, we're joined now by Brian Posick, who who got his wish on his wish list was a what? Cream-filled chocolate donut, and I take everything back that I've said badly about you over the last <laughs> oh, no. 26 years. What an That's a lot of things, isn't list it? Yeah. right there of things you've yeah. said badly. No, no. Here's my list. watch list for tonight's game, and it's made up totally of transfers. Now, we haven't been able to say that very often here at Wisconsin, no, correct? Gary Anderson wish we could have, but yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's so let's start on offense. I'm number, sorry, that, was that a jab? Number five no. is Chris James. Transfer from Pitt, Pitt yep. 690 yards in the mm-hmm. two seasons he played for the Panthers. Yep. Eight catches out of the backfield. Uh, the, strong yeah, running strong. back. Yeah, he's like a fire hydrant, and he's pretty quick, too. A little elusive, and uh, him and Jonathan Taylor him. And, and Bradrick Shaw will be the trio in the backfield. And there's a fourth tailback, also a transfer from yep. Pitt, Rashid Ibrahim, yep. number nine. Uh, ran the ball. Much of him? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, ran the ball in uh, limited fashion, mm-hmm. 2013-2014. Okay. Um, looks like he can be a multi-purpose running back okay. receiver. Can he catch the ball out of the backfield? Gundawali type. Yeah, Torres Achilles in 2015. Right. Uh, played nine games last year, but wasn't really used on offense with mm-hmm. the coaching change. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Of, you know, it's it's different. Personnel oh, yeah. gets yeah. gets lost in the shuffle. On defense, number 11 is Nick Nelson. Right. You're going to love him. Cornerback, cover corner. Was he 6'2 six, six or so? Yeah, no, like he's that. smaller than that, but he's very physical. Yeah. Um, transfer I from Hawaii. Yep. 
Uh, played 21 games, 21 starts rather. Yeah. Hawaii will return punts tonight. Yeah, he's he's going to be their top punt returner. And he also mentioned too that um, one of his goals is to to hang on to interceptions. Apparently he dropped well, a he had number zero of picks them. there at Hawaii. Uh, he dropped zero. a number of them at Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, mm-hmm. if he has the type of season that they're projecting, could be out of here he's about six after feet tall, after yeah. this year. Yeah. Could be a first round draft pick. That's how high. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I haven't mm-hmm. seen enough of them to yeah. know. Uh, number 17 is Andrew, Andrew Van, Van Ginkle, yep. transfer. He started his career at South Dakota. Right. Man, had big numbers there. Yeah, he's a redshirt long, freshman. athletic. He's got the body of Tanner McAvoy, but a little bit bigger, yeah. you know, right? He's, he's you been say? trying to put on weight since the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, transfer from Iowa Western. Right, right. Um, they, they need him. I mean, with, with the losses at outside backer, right. obviously with Watt and Beagle, and then Zach Bond, who was going to be a backup, mm-hmm. they need someone to put pressure on. On the QB, and, right. and already Jimmy Leonard said he's going with the rotation right. of three. Yeah, you know, and then he'll fill in Garrett where, where Dooley, needed. Leon Jacobs, and then, and then Andrew, Andrew Van, Van Ginkle. Ginkle. And yeah. if someone else gets snaps there, it could be number fifty-five, Christian Bell. Yep, who was going to be a gray shirt at the University of Alabama, a high school teammate with Bradrick Shaw. Yeah, um, came here last year, sat out, got hurt early during training camp. What you'll notice about him is his length. His, he's very lean. And Paul athlete. mentioned he's he, he's come back in training camp from that injury, and he's shown up. So they, they like what they see in so him. So there you have it. James, Ibrahim, Nelson, mm-hmm. Van Ginkle, and Bell. All transfers. Yep. All could have an impact at some point, at to some degree. I'm sure Nick Nelson will, and I'm positive Chris James will. Oh, yeah. Best, yeah. most memorable opener for the Badgers you've ever seen? Or at, uh, well, covers. David Gilreath. Well, that was oh, Ohio State. Season, season, season opener. opener. How about the loss to Colorado? Mm, that one yeah. I can't get out of my memorable. mouth. Okay. Oh, God. Well, the jerseys. That was just brutal. Distasteful yeah. were the jerseys. Also, the other one would be Miami. That was a season got, opener, too. They, got, the they were up 3 nothing and lost 51-3. to I don't my know goodness. why those two stick out, but they do. What a hater. They do. Well, I can't help it. Uh, I'll go back to 1981 when they upset number one ranked Michigan here. Yeah, that would be okay. They had in been the outscored. opener? Yeah, in the opener. They yeah. had been outscored 176 to nothing in the previous four <laughs> games by Michigan. How about yours, was, Rob? Was Bowling Green, when they wore those throwback jerseys here at Camp Randall, was that an opener? No, that was, was the opener. That was a September That day. was a symbolic Camp Randall opener. Remember yeah. they did the, the remodel That's of right. the That's stadium? Right. It was like it was 50-something. Yeah. 40 yeah. something, and it was crazy yeah. offense. All right, have a good Sorry weekend. Yeah, we'll talk guys. to you before the game tonight. Sounds good. On the yeah, broadcast. Looking forward to it. See you, Rob. See you Thank up. you. We'll see talk you. some more it's Badger football. <laughs> more Badger football coming up with Rand- Andy Baggett next on Lucas in the Morning. And just like the prodigal son, I've returned. Anyone stepping on me, you'll get burned. Because I got lyrics, but you ain't got none. If you come to battle with a shotgun. But if you do, you're a fool, because I do to the death. Trying to step to me, you take your last breath. I got the skill, come get your fill. Because when I shoot the gift, I shoot the gift. Tossed it up. Harris Campbell to his own 35, 40. Campbell 45, 50. Down the left sideline to Indiana's 30, 20-yard line. Campbell 10, and he takes it to the house for an Ohio State touchdown. Paris Campbell, and Ohio State is taking a 26-21 lead. Great to have great athletes. Paris Campbell 75-yard touchdown catch and run, redeeming himself for a drop pass in the end zone. Ohio State trailed at halftime. Rallied in the second half to thump Indiana 49-21. JT Barrett 20-35 for 304 yards. Richard Lego put on a show. 40 of 65 for 410 and three touchdowns. Joining us now from UWBadgers.com, Andy Bagg. Good morning. How you doing? I'm all right, guys. How are you? Not Great. bad. Did you get a chance to watch the Buckeyes at all last night? Oh, yes. I was. I watched enough of it to see the, to the, uh, to see the image of, of Urban Meyer before the game. In a, in a runway tunnel, shaking like he was uh, uh, 
Like he was about right. I don't know if it was fear. I, I'm guessing it was stress. But he looked. He, he did not look comfortable. And I don't. And I know he didn't look comfortable at halftime. But uh, his, he's got some athletes on his team, and and the Buckeyes pulled it out. We might have been witness to a stars born theme with uh, J.K. Dobbins, true freshman, 29 carries, 181 yards. That uh, set the Ohio State debut mark. Broke it rather. Set by Maurice Claret. You got to go all the way back to Maurice Claret. This guy looks like the real deal. And that was a national championship team in the making, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. He was uh, uh, or, uh, certainly a finalist. He, he was uh, he's, he was tough to bring down. That was what that's what stood out, and he had a little wiggle to him. And uh, uh, but when you're Ohio State, you expect to see those those types of backs, that type of talent, uh, come through uh, pretty much every year, and, and it's. The old reloading element is, is, appears to be the case with Ohio State. Who's going to be your pick to click tonight? One player or two that people will be talking about, buzzing about after the game as they make their way out of Camp Randall Stadium? Uh, let's see. Kyle Penniston and Nick Nelson. Okay, give us reasons why. Uh, why do you think they could oh, have an impact? Know, I, th- I thought I was just, <laughs> just keep it easy and go that way. No, we like I to fill I, in I the blanks Kyle not Penniston. enough on this show. <laughs> I think Cal Peniston is uh, Troy Fumagalli gets gets a lot of publicity as the, as the number one tight end, and for for obvious reasons. But I think Cal Peniston had a great camp, and he's uh, as as just a gifted receiver. I think, and I think he's going to get an opportunity to shine a couple of times tonight. Nick Nelson, I think we'll see. We might see. Uh, he's he's going to be. Uh, one of the keys to that defense, but I think if he gets a chance to return a punt, we might see some fun things. And and I think he's uh, he's uh, going to be a huge piece of that defense, but he's also a big part of special teams. And so I'm looking forward to seeing both those guys come through. Any with this being the uh, the season opener and home opener, then for the Badgers tonight, I asked both these guys, uh, both Brian Posick and Mike, last segment. I ask you most memorable season opener or a home opener, maybe more specifically, if you take out last year's playing at Lambeau Field or one of those neutral site games that you've covered, watched uh, of Badger football over the years and why? Uh, well, for for not the greatest of reasons, but for the circumstances, uh, 2000, uh, it was shoebox circumstances were going on. It was brutally hot. It was one of the hottest games that, that, uh, that I recall. And uh, just a lot happened that day. And, and playing Western Michigan, uh, the Badgers uh, obviously distracted, obviously shorthanded, but uh, came away with the win because Josh Hunter turned a punt uh, and for a touchdown that, that really helped uh, take the sting out of what would have been a really tough loss on, on opening day. I don't even think he had his name on the back of his jersey, oh. didn't he, in that one? No, That's I don't right. think he didn't even have a name on his jersey. Well, they jersey. carried Bollinger out on a stretcher because he got sacked so many times. Remember that? My goodness, he got physically beaten up. He did, and another one that I thought of during during the break, and this one definitely would have to go down for number one on my list now too, was the uh, the opener against UNLV, the Russell Wilson debut. It was a nighttime game at Camp Randall, 6 o'clock kickoff, another hot evening, but there was so much buzz and anticipation about Russell Wilson and what was this guy going to be like as the Badgers quarterback, and he produced where everybody left there with their jaw, and going, wow, this guy looks really good. Not just not just throwing the ball, but he he had a huge run in that game. Yeah. where I'm sure uh, he, everybody was like, "Oh wow, this this dude can play." I mean, he was uh, it was it was about as good a debut as you could as you could hope for for uh, for in, in certainly in Wisconsin history. What will be sharper tonight, Wisconsin's defense or offense to start the defense. game? Defense. Okay. Defense. I, 
the old adage in spring training, who's there, are the pitchers ahead of the hitters or the hitters ahead of the pitchers? And, and it, it, to a degree it applies here. I just think this defense, uh, especially the front seven, has been around, has been, played together, knows the circumstances, knows each other's strengths and weaknesses, and, and uh, is so familiar with what needs to be done that I think that they're going to set the tone and uh, things are going to feed off of that. Leo Musa was such an integral component of that defense last year. We've already talked a little bit about Nick Nelson, uh, one of the new entries. How about Natrell Jamerson? What do you anticipate out of number 12? Well, he's. I, I think what we've seen in camp, I think we're going to see a carryover. He's, he's very, very confident, he's, he's, uh, which, which is a huge piece of that position. Um, he's, he's moved around a bit. He's uh, uh, had some struggles at times, but I think he's, from everyone that I've talked to who's worked with him and, and practiced with him and, and watched him progress, he, he had a, a, a really uh, above-average off-season where he really took care of his body, really, uh, really did some amazing things in the weight room, and uh, that the confidence that he got from that is carried over to the field. And he's been one of those guys who, if you're if you're compiling a list of guys who had a great camp, he's one of them. Final thing, I know you spoke with Paul Chris this week for some of uh, his remembrances on just growing up with Badger football. What stood out? Anything? <laughs> well, I just couldn't help fight. I just couldn't help thinking back with him to when he was a kid. You know. Sneaking into Camp Randall and playing playing football with his buddies. I mean, who 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 doesn't have that memory of, of doing that when they were kids? Especially if you're a football fan. And and uh, uh, I, I I could not help but just go back to those moments and, and remember what it was like uh, just being with your buddies and and doing something that uh, that was unique. And and he was uh, he definitely had some unique experiences, no question. Andy, thank you. We'll see you tonight at Camp Randall. All right, guys. Enjoy your days. Thanks, Andy. Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Nobody in baseball, nobody anywhere in the world has more victories than Zach Davies. How the hell that happened? <laughs> we'll ask Tom Hodricourt next on Lucas in the Morning. Into your arms. These days of darkness. Wish we We'll blow away. Zach's, you know, putting together a run where he's, you know, just in control of every game he's been out there, you know, and that, that's that's really what you feel. And it's, um, when Zach's going good, he's got use of four pitches. He can do different things with his fastball, so it's, sometimes it's even more than that. Craig Council on Zach Davies, the bad boy, now 16 wins. Ties him with Zach Greinke, Officer Greinke, for the most in all of baseball. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Tom Hodricord. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How about you? Not too bad. How does he get people out, Davies? What's what's his secret? Is it command? The phrase I like to use is he carves you up with kindness. <laughs> you know, he 
He throws soft pitches that don't look like they should be doing that much damage, but he puts them right where he wants them. He mixes up. He throws four pitches for strikes. He just... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pitches. You know, that's uh, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to come up and pitch and not throw. And, you know, he's, he can't blow you away with high 90s fastball, so he, he pitches. And early in the year, he was having trouble with consistent command. But the last month or so, he's been right on target, and uh, it's been pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, I know it's probably unfair to even throw the name in this conversation, but has he been Maddox-like at times? Well, that's the way Maddox pitched. You know, he, Maddox never threw a ball over the middle of the plate. You know, he lived on the outside corners, up and down, you know, keep you guessing, screw your timing up. Doug Jones, years ago with the Brewers, who threw mostly like 70-mile-an-hour change-ups, I asked him how he got away with it, and he said that it's all about messing pitchers' timing up. And so he would throw a 70-mile-an-hour um, change-up, but then an 82-mile-an-hour fastball, and it would look like it was 100 because there was so much difference. He, said, he always said it was the difference in speeds uh, between the pitchers, not how, not where you topped out at. And so... It's it's interesting to watch because anybody can go in there with 100 miles an hour and just throw it past you, but, but Zach Davies goes out there and pitches. Ryan Braun got another hit last night, one of those uh, drive-it-to-right-field uh, kind of specials that he has for a single. He drove in a run, his 41st of the year, but we were talking yesterday that, that the power doesn't seem to be there, even if he can f- seem to carve out some hits to right field. And we were speculating wondering... What's wrong with Ryan Braun? Is there something wrong with him, do you think, Is whether it's injury or something at the plate, uh, that that power just doesn't seem to be there at all right now? Well, I wrote about that in the Journal Sentinel this morning uh, in our behind-the-box score segment of our gamer, and I asked, you know, specifically talked to him about the power drop, and, and he's just scuffing right now. He said he's not seeing the ball good. Um, you know, there was a period earlier in the year when he was striking the ball well and not having a ton of luck. He wasn't getting a lot of hits to fall in, even though he was hitting the ball hard. But he hasn't been hitting the ball hard that often lately, and his, his timing is just way off. He got like a um, 120-foot sacrifice fly last <laughs> night by hitting a foul ball down the uh, right field line that the second baseman caught running away from the plate, and Hernan Perez tagged up and scored. So, you know, at least, at least uh, he, he got an RBI on a ball. You don't usually get one last night. But they, you know, they need him to get going. Travis Shaw's been out of the lineup um, with, a, with a bad foot, and I think he'll be back tonight. But, uh, you know, they've, they've been missing um, production from the middle of their lineup. That's why it's important that Johnny VR finally woke up, and, you know, they batted him lead off last night. He went three for five and had uh, a two-run homer. He's homered in consecutive games now. You know, better late than never, especially when you're in a pat race. I read the piece that you wrote, and it was very fair to VR. Um, give us, you know, the, the Cliff Notes version of how Stearns looks at VR right now. Well, they're, they're trying to figure out what they have in him, you know. They think they have more than he showed last year. Stearns, you know, really likes the skill set, and he had him in Houston 
uh, before Stearns came to Milwaukee, and that was one of the very first moves he made as general manager was was acquiring VR because he really liked his skill set. You know, then despite his base running misadventures last year, he had a really good overall year, and then this year, just from the very start, he couldn't get going, and he's particularly struggled from the right side of the plate, which used to be a, a side that he didn't have to worry about, and that used to be the side that he showed the most power from, but. You know, last night was only the second home run he hit from the right side of the plate this year. But, you know, it does look like he's finally going, and I do think he's a guy that that really needs to be confident in himself, and I think his confidence, you know, waned a lot uh, when he was struggling, like it would for anybody when you struggle for that long. But now if he goes on now and has a hot last month, they'll have an interesting decision to make about do they try one more year with him at second base, do they make him a utility player, what do they do with him? That's going to be one of their more interesting off-season decisions. In watching Orlando Arcio recently and in, in swinging the bat, I've been watching his leg kick and seeing how hard he swings the bat and was thinking back to our conversations back in spring training where you were writing and talking about things that he was working on and, and hitting the ball the, the other way more. Is what he's doing now similar to that or in that same approach as to what he was doing in spring, or is it, is it a bit different? Well, he's uh, you know, he's been scuffling at the plate the last few weeks too. You know, the, the whole offense, you know, it, it's been fits and starts for the offense ever since the uh, second half started, and they're down a run a game, which is a lot, and um, it's made a, you know, it's made their pitching be more and more important. If they wouldn't have had good starting pitching and also a pretty effective late inning release here in the last several weeks, they would not still be in the race because they're they're not scoring runs. That game last night. You know, when they won 6-3, to three, that was a rare little cushion, you know, for Corey Knavel in the ninth inning. You, you get a save with a 1-2 or 3-run lead. Well, he's been mostly trying to protect one-run leads, which is a lot tougher. And uh, so that, but they, you know, today's September 1. They're uh, three and a half behind the Cubs and two and a half behind Colorado. I, I do wonder if that wild card race is going to end up being their best pass. I agree. To the playoffs. Yeah. Because... I- Arizona and Colorado and the Dodgers play each other a lot in the final month. Arizona just swept the Dodgers. It's like the Brewers put the Dodgers in a funk by beating them in L.A. over the weekend because then they went and lost four straight to Arizona. So the Dodgers, for the first time all year, look you know, showing some weak spots. I suppose it depends but, on your perspective, too, because they have seven games left with the Cubs. Uh, what, yeah, what's going to be the better path? So they could take it into their own hands, so... And uh, isn't it interesting that we have, like, another Cubs gate thing going over changing <laughs> Oh, unbelievable. I wish we had more time to talk so. about that. Well, that fired them up the last time. Maybe this will work in the same way. Yeah, last time it made the Brewers so mad they went in and beat them 11-3. to Absolutely. So, uh, let's see if it wakes them up again. Tom, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Okay, you guys too. Thanks, Tom. Tom Hardercourt is brought to you by Left's Lucky Town in Tosa. Always a great spot to catch a game. And Tom Hardercourt is also brought to you by West Town Monona Tire at the corner of Gammon and Odana, Madison. Your full service repair shop. We come back with a little preview of tonight's game. Badgers, season opener. Who better to talk about them than the voice of the Badgers? Matt LePay is up next. I'm Touchdown, in the morning. Wisconsin. Boom. The sun came out today. We're born again, there's new grass on the deal. Around the third and headed for home. It's a brown eyed handsome man. Anyone can understand the way I feel. 
have done a good job of, of preparing for that, but any first game you're going to run into some things that you haven't prepared for, you haven't seen, and, and that's where we've got to rely on rules and rely on communication, and uh, I think that's always a big part of early games. Wisconsin head coach Paul Chris joining us now, the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. I thought we saw a little bit of the unknown for both sides last night between Ohio State and Indiana, where you're just not quite sure what you're going to get. Uh, the Hoosiers really pushed tempo. I think it was 13 seconds between snaps, and it takes an adjustment period. I'm sure tonight with Utah State, fourth coordinator in four years, you're not quite sure what kind of tempo you're going to get out of them. Yeah, Indiana has played. You know, they played fast when Kevin Wilson was there. At times, it seemed like fast because their defense had been so poor for so long it was a little better last year but they for whatever reason they've given Ohio State trouble the last few years you know last year in Columbus the final score was deceiving and you might be able to make that same claim last night Ohio State really didn't break away until late in the fourth quarter um, but yeah you're right you know that, that's a lot of the talk about Utah State Matt Wells the, the head coach uh, he's hired David Yost, um, who's spent time at Missouri, at Washington State, was with Oregon last year. When you think Oregon, you think of a, a fast-paced offense, and, and Wells wants uh, to get some more possessions in a game. And it'll be there are a lot of vets on the Wisconsin defense, but still, it's a, it's a first game, and and some of these guys are going to be getting either their first taste or an increased role uh, in in the defense and adjusting on the fly to it. It'll be interesting to see. Now, Mike told me that his most memorable or favorite Badgers opener was covering that one in 1890 when they beat UW-Whitewater 106 to nothing. Uh, for you, is there an opener? I did a, I did a push-up for each point. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you did and still feeling the effects. Other than if you toss out the, the Lambo or the neutral site games, any one of the, the openers stick out in your mind for one reason or another is more memorable than another? Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say the Lambo, but if we're going to eliminate that, I, I guess I'd go back six years ago, and I, I think that was a Friday night game, wasn't it? The, uh, yeah. the Wisconsin-UNLV game, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. either a Thursday or a Friday. I know it wasn't a Saturday. Uh, there was such anticipation about Russell Wilson, you know, even though none of us really up here had watched him other than some highlight clips when he was at North Carolina State. But the feeling was that team had a chance to be pretty good, and, and it was, won a Big Ten title, but the game wasn't close, but just watching some of the, the explosiveness on offense led by Wilson and you have Aberderis and Nick Toon and Monte Ball and that whole group, that's probably one that comes to mind right away, that, that game in 2011 against the Rebels. Man, I brought this up earlier that it's going to be kind of novel for our broadcast tonight that we'll be talking about transfers here at Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> but that could very well be the case. When you take a look at it, Chris James, or Nick Nelson, what do you anticipate we're going to get out of him? Well, I think with James, he's going to be one of a few who's going to get involved in the tailback rotation. Bradrick Shaw, uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, Rashid Ibrahim, uh, another you know grad transfer. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, it's going to be at least three deep, and then who knows if they go any more than that here tonight? But with Nelson, it, it, it's curious because I, you know, I, they really believe this guy can be. A really good player, um, if not a special player. Um, it, I, I can't imagine that many people remember that he had nine tackles for Hawaii against Wisconsin a couple of years ago in a fairly nondescript game. I guess uh, you know, pretty lopsided uh, night game here a couple of years ago. But they, you know, they think that Nelson has the goods to be 
a very, very good corner. So, and, and it, it, I hope they're right because I think they're going to get tested a little, or he's going to get tested. The secondary in general will because I think this team uh, that coming in here, Utah State, feels pretty good about its uh, wide receiving core. So, I would imagine they always they talk about wanting to run the ball, but I think they're going to they're going to throw it around a little bit too. So maybe Nelson and his uh, his fellow DBs uh, will be in for a pretty good little test here tonight. At this point, we're just talking about how guys, for the most part, look on paper or what you've seen of him in in camp. We don't have any games to go by, but with the Badgers over the years, offensive line is where it usually starts on offense. How does this group look to you? How do you think they stack up or fare to some of those great ones they've had in recent years? Yeah, I wouldn't put them with that group yet because, as you said, we haven't seen this group tackle to tackle in a game. We, you know, we've obviously seen John Dietzen and Micah Kapoy. They'll probably both get time at left guard. Uh, but we're, you know, we're seeing Michael Dieter now make the move to left tackle. We're going to see a redshirt freshman center in Tyler Biotish. I, I do think, Rob, that they are building or rebuilding depth along the offensive line, which is that's been a position group that hasn't had a whole lot of it for the last few years. There are some other guys who I think they feel pretty good about, redshirt freshmen uh, moving forward who can help this group, Cole Van Lannan and, and Patrick Castle, uh, to name a couple. Um, but I, I'm not ready to put it with that group with, you know, Cons and Frederick and Karimi and Oglesby or, you know, the, the lines from the 90s and a couple of those, you know, with Panos and Verstegen or, or Tauscher and Robach and Ferrari on. This, this isn't that group yet, but I think it has a chance to be, to be pretty good because they have more depth. Dieter is a smart player showing his versatility. He's started at center, he started at guard, and now he's starting at left tackle. So, um, you know, I think they're headed in the right direction with that position group. I don't think there's any question about that. One final thought. Uh, everybody knew that Dave Aranda was the defensive coordinator here. No one knew that Justin Wilcox called defensive signals here last year. <laughs> and now Jimmy Leonard takes over. Uh, will we notice his his fingerprints on this defense? How long will it take, do you think? Uh, maybe maybe a few games, and, and you're right about Wilcox, and I think he really liked it that way. <laughs> he really liked being under the radar as a defensive coordinator. Uh, but, yeah, I think we may you know see some of Jimmy's personality. I think, to be honest, Luke, we saw it last year in the secondary. I mean, this group had 22 picks last year now that it wasn't all secondary obviously linebackers were involved there as well but i you know i think you know jimmy by his nature you know he doesn't mind being aggressive when the situation calls for it um but it, you know I, I think similar in some ways to wilcox and aranda the demeanor is much the same he's not a yeller and a screamer he gets his point across but i do think leonard brings instant respect to whatever defensive room he walks into because of his All-American status as a player, a decade in the NFL, and his ability to teach. They all talk about that. They did last year in the secondary, his ability to teach. So um, it's interesting that he'll be on the sideline. You know, we saw it with Miranda, but I think he's another one of those guys who likes to look at these guys in the eyes as they come off the field. But, um, you know, they were pretty good at getting turnovers last year. and, And, you know, I think if it's a... If it's the kind of defense that Jim Leonard wants to put together, they're going to get a lot of turnovers again this year. Thanks, Matt. See you tonight at Camp Randall Stadium. That was good. Game day. Love the sound. Game day. Last call next on Lucas in the Morning.
them first right step. I'm proud that they were able to find a way to come out with victory. One or in, one or out. Elite! Last call. Lucas in the morning. Gophers is 77. Winner over Lance Lipos. Outmanned Buffalo team. Uh, that was hard to watch. A couple of, couple of games you might want to pay attention to on Saturday in the Big Ten. Obviously, Florida and Michigan. Uh, Florida 10 suspended players. Some questions about their quarterback. A lot of questions about, about Michigan. Not about their talent level, just about their inexperience. I mean, they, they moved on so many great players to the NFL. Uh, the other game, and I'm sure no one has jotted this one down, is Wyoming at Iowa. One person has, J.P. Kadoran. True. But Josh Allen is the quarterback at Wyoming. Getting a lot of early run as far as potentially a Heisman candidate. So we'll see how the Hawkeyes stack up against him. Already number one on my Heisman ballot, Mason Rudolph. Yes, Mason. Do you know who I'm talking about, Ben? Nope. Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State, last night, 20 of 24. Oh, the 300. receiver. Mason Rudolph, the quarterback. quarterback. Oh, quarterback. 20 of 24 for 303 yards, three touchdowns, 59-24 route of Dr. Phil's alum. They threw a touchdown former pass. Former school, Tulsa. Any threw a touchdown pass within like seven seconds of the start of that game last night. Oklahoma State, any quarterback there is going to put up huge numbers. Hey, another college football note. Did you see Ed Cunningham from yeah. ESPN, the analyst, resigned, or he's not going to do Resign slash retire. Yeah, citing player safety concerns that he just couldn't do it anymore, didn't want to do it. For he was, he's broadcast. always been kind of out there with his comments. Uh, I, I liked him, but uh, he took a totally different stance and approach the way he handled analysis for years. and. He said that uh, he he can't promote something that he feels uh, is, is as dangerous as college football, as football is in general. I can just today. no longer be a cheerleader in the cheerleader spot in the current state of the broken limbs, the wear and tear in the game. We've seen him doing another number of Badger games over the year here in Madison. If, if you caught a little bit of the Tom Hodricourt interview, uh, he mentioned the Cubs messing again with rules with the league. And what, what has happened this time is uh, they, they have a road game on a Thursday night they don't, they don't want to play that 1 o'clock scheduled game against the Brewers on Friday, so they change the time to Friday night. Now, they have to go through the city of Chicago to get the change, correct? There's something in the books there where they don't want Friday night baseball. So they did this as a competitive advantage. Yes. And baseball went along with it. Openly admitting that that's why they did it. There's no hiding it. It's like a competitive the last time advantage. Exactly. They didn't want the wear and tear and the travel and having to play a day game. Another reason they hate the Cubs. Everybody signed off on it. By the way, special thanks again to Ryan Churchill and Nick Greco. The 60-yard line is the movie coming out. Maybe special thanks. Did you give us any tickets? There will be. I think we might have some to give away <laughs> well, next week. I'm not week. taking them unless I, I get some tickets. You I can was, take them all you I want. I was invited to the special boy. premiere. Yeah. You are not. Yeah, you will not premiere. be my date that evening. Yeah, he's your plus sure. one, yeah. I'm, he's my plus one. I'll yeah. bring some fritters to the movie premiere. <laughs> yeah, one more fritter there. So you'll be watching tonight or you'll be attending tonight, you boys? What are you going to be doing? I will be watching from downtown. I'll be listening to you and Matt on the radio driving to and the Apostle Islands. And, and Tausch. Tausch, yes. Star of the 60 yard line, indeed. I bet he's more high maintenance than the cow that stars oh, in the movie. I'm sure he had a lot of demands. No question. The cow? About it. Yeah, there's a cow from Kiwani. Oh, it's right on the billboard there. Read it. Fanboy will read it to you afterwards. That's Thanks me. for your help. We'll see you again. Talk to you again on Tuesday. Badger football tonight. Kickoff 8 o'clock. Dan Patrick Show next.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.